Today's read, Midnight, a gangster love story by Sister Soldier, chapter 20, show and prove. Mia, Mir, and Chris were seated on the gym floor with the rest of the cats who made the cut. Like everybody else, we wanted to hear how the competition was going down and what the stakes were. Tyreek and his boys, who stood solidly behind him, got straight down to business. Who provides the recreation in our hoods? Tyreek started off asking us questions. We, the players, was just kicked back, leaning on our elbows, one cat balancing his head on a basketball, another spinning a basketball on his finger, just looking at one another, wondering if anybody knew what he was really asking us. Nobody said shit. All of you are right. The answer is, nobody provides the recreation in our hoods. He looked around to assess the effect of his words. If you young motherfuckers were not all sitting right here tonight, your asses would be outside doing nothing. I need y'all to remember that. Remember that we are doing something that no one else is doing for your black asses. Remember that when the stands are full and the parks are packed and everybody watching and cheering for you. Don't lose your head. Remember who checked for you, who made it all possible. Everybody in here got on Nikes. Is Nike running this league? Does Nike give a fuck what half a million niggas are doing on a Friday night in Brooklyn? Count it up, if you can count, he said. Him and his boys laughed. 125 youth in here, including us up here in front, paid at least $100 for a pair of these joints. That's $12,500 worth of footwear in this room alone. And you know Brooklyn gotta stay fresh. So us, in this room all together, we'll spend at least $12,500 a month on kicks. That's $150,000 a year just for us in this room. Outside on the streets, at least 85% of Brooklyn youth, male and female, rocking Nikes. Yeah, I know some paper also gets spent on Reebok for your girls and on Adidas for Nike. That's half a million youth times $12,500 a month in Brooklyn alone. How much is that in a year? Who can add that up? That's $75 billion, I answered in the silent gym. My man, Tyreek shouted, giving me my props. What's 1% of $75 billion? $750 million, I answered again. Are the rest of you listening? He asked the players. Nah, y'all ain't listening because the numbers we talking, you never even thought about. Niggas is 100% loyal to Nike. Reebok, Adidas, Puma, all of them. But we can't get 1% return on our loyalty. You can't get none of these companies to put up even 50,000 stinking measly fucking dollars to run this league. Buy some uniforms, donate some surplus sneakers and a couple of balls. 
So remember who is right here in the hood with you, spending paper, making it happen, giving you something to do before you get a chance to kill each other. One kid started clapping, and then all the cats started cheering and clapping. Be grateful, Tyreek continued. I hope not one of you is here looking to get something for nothing. You got to work to earn. You got to train to win. You got to go hard and play hard. Got it? Tyreek ended his pitch. He looked like he was feeling pretty good about himself. I'm looking beyond the hype of his words, wondering if this meant the league was bankrupt and we wasn't getting paid shit. Then he laid out the incentives. $10,000 each for the first place team's five starting players. Bench riders get gift certificates for the Wiz and electronics store. Next, $2,000 each for the second place team's five starting players. Bench riders get Foot Locker gift certificates. The most valuable player of this youth league gets 25000 a custom-made diamond ring and bragging rights in every hood in the New York area. For losing, you get the same thing you get for losing in life. Nothing. The players cry. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. space or time for bullshit, Tyreek announced. Then he paced the gym floor, laying out the youth league rules. He started off with their code of silence. He said, since Nike gets our loyalty for free, we should at least let the league have it for the price of the prizes. The business of the league was confidential. He said, Any player who told anybody outside of the league anything about the business of the league, money changing hands and whatnot, would forfeit his winnings and position on the team. Don't ask us how we'll find out if you've been running your mouth. We just do. And when we do, there won't be no lawyers or trials, if you know what I mean. And don't think that if you're one of the losers, that you got nothing to lose. You always have your life, Tyreek threatened. His words brought on a serious silence. When he felt the fear had sunk in enough, he laughed it off, but we all know he wasn't joking. When he broke all 120 of us down into 10 teams of 12 players each, we were seated into new groups on the gym floor. Some guys' faces were tight with the team choices. 
crews being broken up and different kids from different areas of Brooklyn being mixed in together. Friends being divided. Enemies being united. This is business, Tyreek said, cut and dry, responding to the tight looks. He handed out each team's schedules for practices, scrimmages and game times, dates and locations. Each team got assigned a color instead of a team name. Needless to say, he had everybody's full attention and cooperation. One of Tariq's boys was assigned to each team. We now found out that they were actually our team coaches. The cat who came my way was named Vega, wearing a red Puma tracksuit, a crisp white tee, a cropped S-curl, and red suede Pumas. He was swift and light on his feet and broad-chested, like he had a committed daily workout. He squatted, signaled all us to squat, and spoke softly so we had to strain to hear his words. You looking at the winning squad right here, he told us. I can feel it. He scanned our faces like he wanted our instant trust. There's only one way to take control of this thing, and that's this right here. He placed his hand over his heart. Do you niggas got the heart? He asked. We all stared right back at him, but nobody said nothing. Listen. I got tickets to the St. John's College game tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. This is the hot ticket, the big Eastern Championship joints. He pulled the tickets halfway out and pushed them back into his jacket pocket. I want all of you to meet me right outside the garden in front of Roy Rogers tomorrow night at 6.30. If you late, you fucked up. I need y'all to see how these players hustle so you'll know what we need to do to handle this business don't bring no fucking body with you i don't care who it is from this night forward we the team anybody ain't seated in this circle right here tonight don't need to know a damn thing and it don't count you got it he held out his hand everybody gave him the pound he introduced himself unfolded a sheet of paper from his pocket and tried to match players' names with their faces. It was almost 11 p.m. when we, 120 ball players, got out of there. We walked out calmly, no crowd or music or drama like last time. Probably each one of us was still spinning the dollar numbers around in our heads and wondering if it was real or not. I couldn't front. Vega didn't seem like a coach, but he got me open with those tickets. I had never been inside Madison Square Garden, although I walked right past it often. Of course, I seen it on TV, the world-famous home of the New York Knicks. Back in the Sudan at my father's apartment in Khartoum, we watched their games a couple of times on my father's satellite television. My father even had an autographed ball by old school point guard Walt Frazier. Now, my blood was pumping at the thought of checking out the championship game. The police were circling the area of the high school gym like sharks, waiting for an easy kill. It was a reminder to all of us black youth that we were born suspects. 
but for once, wasn't nothing jumping off with us teens. Cliques was regrouped and formed up and all walked off quietly in almost every direction. Tonight I could see that when somebody finally stops playing and starts talking real business opportunity to some young black men, all that rowdy shit goes right out the window. We three hung back a minute while everything cleared up. As soon as we went to push off, the girl with the dimples popped up out of the dark walking swiftly toward us. She waved her hand with excitement. Hey, star, she called out. All of us laughed. As she came into view, I saw she had a t-shirt on that said midnight in bold, dark blue letters across her breast. Where the rest of your girls at? Amir asked her right away. She didn't even look at him when she answered. She just said, I don't really be with them like that. Amir caught her intent. Anyway, I waited so long for you to call me, I got in trouble. I wouldn't let anyone in my house use the phone. I kept telling them, he's gonna call, he's gonna call. What happened? Did you lose my number? She asked, smiling, full of energy and rocking back and forth on her feet like there was no way for her to keep still. Nah, I answered. Nah what? She asked. Nah, I ain't lose your number, I said. All right, superstar, she said in a joking way. I smiled at her style. She had a nice complexion with smooth skin. Her hair was shining from the gel she used to swirl out her bangs. God, you got perfect teeth, she said after I smiled. I really didn't know what to do with her comments. She seemed to say whatever was on her mind. She didn't give a fuck that my two friends were hearing every word. I'm not going to worry about it. You'll call me. I know it, she said. I got to run. I got one minute before my grandmother locks the door on me. She turned on her Nikes and ran full speed in her denim miniskirt, leaving Amir and Chris doing double takes. I think you need to call her, man, Amir said. Him and Chris laughed. What y'all think about the money, Chris asked. Do you think the winners will really get paid like that? Like Brother Tariq said? Well, if they don't pay out, what the fuck can anybody do about it? The hustlers are the sponsors. Who's going to go to war with them? Amir asked. I think they'll pay it out. I got a feeling about it, I told them. What kind of feeling, Chris asked. You know, we thinking that it's all about basketball. But they got to have something riding on it, too. Otherwise, why would they do it? Something like what? Amir asked. It could be anything. You see how they cut the groups into teams and gave every team a color? I asked. So, Chris said, at least in the NBA, you know who the fuck you're working for? Your uniform got colors, but you know who owns the team, who manages the team, and who you're running for. In this league, we can't see who's behind it. Tyreek is the front man, but who does he report to? I tried to get them to look at all the angles. If you believe that they'll pay out to the champions, none of that shit even matters. 
We running for the money. That's it, Amir said. But we all on different teams, Chris said. Amir's on the red, you on the black, I'm on the green, he pointed out. It don't matter, I told Chris. It just increases our chances of winning. Whichever one of us wins some paper, we cut it three ways no matter what happens. That's what's up, I said. You right, that's what's up. Amir agreed with me. Oh yeah, I can't do the date with homegirl tomorrow night. My team got tomorrow evening on the schedule. It looks like if y'all still want to do it, I'm going to have to do it on a weeknight. Maybe Thursday evening when we ain't at the dojo. Thursday evening, Chris repeated. That's whack, but we'll do it. Girls are good on any night, he said. At the train station, we went our separate ways. On the ride home, I kept breaking the basketball situation into separate puzzle pieces. Amir was right. It is all about the money, and if I could get my hands on a chunk of money like that, even after we cut it up, I could match Uma's effort and speed up our move out of Death Valley, Brooklyn, into an even better house in a peaceful and safe place for her and Naja. At the same time, I kept wondering what exactly the hustlers got out of it. Maybe it was a war over territory battled out on the court. Maybe it was all about ticket sales, concessions, or merchandising. Maybe it was a betting front. Maybe it was just a good-ass distraction from what the fuck was really going on. After a while, I wondered if I was just thinking too hard. Maybe the hustlers was just some niggas with money to burn who came up with a main attraction for Brooklyn cats to pile up while they showcase their whips, jewels, and bitches.